Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Just wanted to say thank you to James for leading and preaching last week. I, I listened to it. It was fantastic. And thank you to everybody who allowed us to go to India. I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about that a little bit later on. But let's pray as we, as we start the sermon. Father, thank you. Thank you so much, God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence here, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you, Lord, that you use the foolish and the weak things of the world to confound the wise. And thank you that you are doing great things in our midst. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Isn't God good? I'm excited. I really am so excited. I think good things are happening. So we're going to conclude our Joshua's Generation series today. And I'm starting reading from Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 to 2. It says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Can you imagine the scene? A city securely shut up. The gates are barred and locked. The walls are fortified. There's no one coming in or going out. It is locked up. It is secure. It is strong like a fortress impenetrable, very thick walls, very strong soldiers, cannot get in. Listen to the very next verse. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Now if you're looking with your natural eyes at a city that's fortified and locked up, it doesn't look like God has given it into your hands. But God says to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands. In other words, God says to us, look with your normal eyes and see the situation, but look more at the promises that I've given you. You see, if, if God is standing next to you and you've got massive obstacles coming against you, and you look just with your physical eyes, you will miss most of the picture. Maybe, I don't know, a small percent of reality is what we can see, touch, and feel. You know, the scientists say that 95% of the universe is what's called dark matter and dark energy. In other words, they don't know what it is, they cannot measure it, they just think it's there. Only 5% of the universe is what we can see, touch, taste, hear, and feel. Physical matter. And I want to say that 5% of your reality is what you can see, touch, taste, hear, and feel. And the rest is what God has promised you. And if you're living in the 5%, boy, you're missing out on something great. Amen? Amen. So Joshua's standing there in front of the city that's fortified. And God says, see. And God says to you, see. See what I've given you. Amen? I've given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. So this first point, I've just got, I'm just going to go through four, four points today, and each of them has a few sub-points under them. The first one is made up of four little sub-points. Promises, preparation, perspective, and perception. Promises is what we've talked about. We've got to base our reality on God's promises. It's got to start with a promise from God. The Israelites going into Jericho and into the promised land, if they don't know God's promises, they are lost. They'll just see fortified cities. It starts with promises. It then goes on to preparation, which is what we've been talking about for the last few weeks, about getting our hearts clean. In the previous chapter, Joshua chapter 5, God says to the Israelites, circumcise all the males. 
Now, how many of us know that that doesn't, A, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm about to fight a, a walled city called Jericho. Why would I start fiddling around cutting bits of skin off my sensitive areas? It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. Plus, it's not very pleasant. <laughs> But we prepare. We do what God says we must do. Without trying to rationalize. You know, there's a lot of things that God says you must do that you may not understand until years later or maybe only in heaven. Amen? Amen. It's true. But we do them. Why? Because He's God and He knows better than us. And there's a spiritual realm that we're not fully aware of, but He is. And so if He says do it, I say, Lord, I trust you. I'll do it. Even if it's painful, even if it's weird, even if it's embarrassing, even if it doesn't make sense. Amen? So that's preparation. Perspective, just before this verse that I've read, Joshua is getting ready to go into Jericho. And I think I better read it to you because it's really beautiful. We don't have it up on the screen. But it's Joshua chapter 5. And it says, And it came to pass... When Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And the man said, No. <laughs> some, some versions say neither, but it's actually the word no. How many times do we go to God with a question that's based on our viewpoint and our worldly lives. We say, God, is, are you going to bless me with this job or this job? God, are you going to do this for me or are you not going to do this for me? And often the answer is no because we're asking the question from the completely wrong perspective. God was saying, that, listen to what he says. So Joshua says, are you with us or with them? God says, no. And then he says, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and says, what does my Lord say to his servant? Perspective, we've got to start to look from God's perspective. It's not all about me. Amen? You know, the world teaches us from when we're the tiniest baby, it's all about me. If I cry loud enough, mommy will feed me. If I put on a tantrum, I'll get my way in life. If I bully people, they'll do what I say. If I manipulate and lie and trick people, I'll get my way. And everything's about me. And when I come to God, I've got to say, I say to God, God, what are you going to do for me? And he says, no, wrong question. I am the Lord. Are you with me or not? That's what this man was saying. He was saying, it's not, am I with you or with them? Are you with me? Are you doing what I'm doing? And our perspective is so important. So we come, we're based on promises, we're getting prepared, we're getting our perspective right. Lord, I'm on your mission, not mine. And I don't have time to go into all these points in a lot of detail, but can I just ask you, my brother or sister, are you on God's mission or are you trying to get God into your pocket to bless what you've planned? Amen? That's, a, that's a, a, a big one. Do you think God is a magic genie who will bless what you want to do? Do you say, God, I've got all these plans. Would you please bless them? Or do you say, God, I want to do what you're doing? 
I want to find out what your plan, your purpose, your will and your great mission is. And I want to flow with you because then we're asking the right question. So we've looked at promises, preparation, perspective. And the third one is perception. I've got to see the 95% which is invisible. Okay, can we move on? Everyone got that? I'm going at pace today because you guys are bright and fast and clever. Amen. Joshua 6 verse 3. God says, You shall march around the city. All of you men of war, you shall go around the city once. And this you shall do for six days. Again, remember I said circumcision is a weird thing for God to require. How about this? God says to them, March around the city once every day for six days. And we know that he's told them also that they, they blow the trumpets in this time, but they don't speak. So they walk around the city. It would have taken them at the most about an hour to walk around the city. All of them. So they get up in the morning, brush their teeth, comb their hair, get ready, put on all their battle dress. The, the priests go before the Ark of the Covenant and they're blowing the trumpets and they walk around the city once and now it's 9 o'clock in the morning. What are we going to do the rest of the day? Well, we just go and rest. We just go and sit in the, in the camp, eat some food, drink, pray, talk to each other, have family time, have a sleep. I don't know. We rest for six days. Okay, the next two points here are particulars and perseverance. So particulars is talking about doing things God's way even if they don't make sense. We've got to say, God, your way is right. And then perseverance means sometimes it takes six or seven days when we would have thought, hey man, if God has given us Jericho, we don't need to do weird stuff like walk around and only once and keep quiet and six days. God's just going to give it to us immediately on day one. Do you ever fall into that trap? Do you ever think, God, if it's you and if you've told me to do it, and if you've said this is your will, then it's just going to happen immediately. And even if I don't do everything you said I must do in the exact way you said it, it's still going to happen because it's your will, Lord. And he says, no, no, you follow my ways and there's a time involved. Now, if you ask me to guess why there's time involved, I would say that in Revelation chapter 5 and chapter 8, it talks about angels having censers or bowls made of gold which are filled with incense which are the prayers of the saints and it says when the censer or the bowl is full the the incense is lifted up to heaven and god receives it and then he fills the bowl with fire from heaven from the throne of god and he throws it back down to earth with thunder and lightning and earthquakes Friends, that bowl of prayer needs to get full. And sometimes it takes six days, six months, six years, or six decades. We need to follow through and persevere and do whatever God's told us to do. And if God doesn't answer on day two, we don't get our knickers in a knot and stop. Amen? We keep going, no matter what it takes. And even if what God's told us to do is weird. Is that okay? Right, next verse. Joshua 6 verse 4. And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. 
I want to talk about the next two P's that come out of this verse, and that's praise and proportions. Praise is the trumpets. You know, when they blew the trumpets, trumpets are always a sign of us praising God. Praising God. And proportions, I want you to just think about this for a second. Out of seven days, it took them seven days to take Jericho, six of the seven days were spent in silence, blowing the trumpet in praise, and walking around once, and then resting for the rest of the day. Only the seventh day was involved in, right, today we're going to take the city. Can I just challenge you? If you're going to pray for seven minutes, six of those minutes should be in rest and praise. And only the seventh minute is taking violently something by force. I'm, I'm going to challenge your viewpoint on prayer now today. If you're going to pray for 70 minutes, 60 of those minutes should be in praise and rest. You see, this is so different from what most of us do in prayer. We come into prayer and right at the start we say, God, I want this, 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 this and this. He says, hold on a minute. If we're going to pray for an hour and ten minutes, the first hour should be you just praising me for my promises and resting in my goodness. Isn't that an amazing thought? And then the last ten minutes are doing something different, where we're actually going and we're taking some ground. And this idea of praising, of trumpets... You know, again and again and again in the New Testament, it talks about having thanksgiving in everything we do. Let me just read you a couple of the verses. Ephesians 5 verse 20. Give thanks always for all things to God the Father. Are you a person of thankfulness? Is your life and your prayer life characterized by being a thankful, praising person? Or are you a warrior? And I'm not talking about a warrior as in with a sword. I'm talking about a warrior as in a furrowed brow. <gasps> are you a praiser and a thanksgiver? Or are you uh, uh, somebody who's trying to just be busy and do all the time? Colossians 3.17 Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. Everything we do should be thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Philippians 4 verse 6 Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your prayer, let your request be known to God. When we're thankful people, you see we sometimes think I've got to get to the business part of prayer where I'm praying for something and I'm doing spiritual warfare for something. God says, the first six-sevenths, the first 60 minutes, where you're just praising and thanking Him, that is warfare. You know, when we get together and we worship the Lord, like we did this morning or like we're going to do tonight, even if we just sing praise and thank you songs for 60 minutes, we are achieving something powerful in the spiritual realm. We're doing warfare but we're resting in God. Isn't that awesome? I, I just love that. And it puts everything in its right perspective. And then the last one, 
Verse 5, And it shall come to pass on the seventh day when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Friend, there is a place at the end of your 60 minutes of resting and thanking and praising God, there is a place to get aggressive, to shout, to possess, to go in and run straight ahead and take something. You know what the Bible says in James chapter 4? It says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That first half, submit yourself to God, that's the 60 minutes of rest and praise. And only when we've done that can we do the 10 minutes of resist the devil and he will flee from you. But we have to do both. But we have to get them in the right proportions. There is a place for Christians to get aggressive. There is a place for us not just to shout in praise, but to shout at the mountain that's against us. To shout at the enemy, the devil, the whatever it is, the lack, the demonic bondage, the forces of evil, the situations against us. There is a place for us to shout. Once we've submitted, once we've praised and rested, there is a time and a place to say, now we are going to take the land. Now we're going to shout. Now we're going to speak to the enemy and the walls are going to fall down flat. But it's one-seventh of our prayer life. And it's the last seventh. Can I just challenge you? Are you doing that? One day of every week, are you attacking? One minute out of every seven in prayer, are you being forceful against something? Because if you're not, you haven't got it right. So let me recap. We get the promises of God in our hearts. We prepare and do everything God's told us to do. We get the right perspective. We say, Lord, you are God. I'm following you. We see things from a spiritual perspective. We obey and we do everything God's told us to do and we persevere. We praise and then we shout and we go in and we possess the land. You say, Greg, that sounds a bit simple. It's like seven little steps. Friend, it's not simple when you do it. It sounds simple. You know, seven years ago, and it's significant, it's seven years ago, we had a thought to start a church in Jersey. And there was me and my wife, my three little children, and two middle-aged, two elderly ladies. Okay? And we just said, hey, what are we going to do? We got no money. We, li we literally had nothing. We had no money. We had no venue. We had nothing but we had promises from God. God said, I have, see, I have made you a light to the nations that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. God said to me, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. Those were promises. For six years, we worked, we prayed, we praised, we rested. Let me be completely honest. We made a lot of mistakes in those six years. We stumbled, we fell. We went off track a couple of times. We tried things. They didn't work. We had fights with people. But all the, all the way through, God helped us. And we tried our best to obey. And God has brought to fruition in this last, in the seventh year, something significant, something amazing. God is doing something amazing in our, in our midst. You know, 
when I think about it, maybe Adele, you can just play those videos through. Just, just keep them looping through while I'm talking. What are the chances that a little group of people with no money and no real influence from a little island like Jersey would be able to plant a church in India? Just think about that for a second. What are the chances that we could plant a church on the other side of the world? I mean, that's, that's ridiculous, really, to think that we could. We don't have the connections. We don't have the resources. How are we going to train up a church planter? How are we going to get this thing started? How are we going to monitor them and help them? How are we going to be with them and stay in touch with them? What if they fall off the wagon? How are they going to get people? We don't have a venue. We don't have anything. And yet, over these years of preparation, everybody, every one of you has paid, played a part. You know, the guys who set up the camera on a Sunday morning, they get here early. They do all the, the manual, repetitive tasks of getting the camera working, and they focus it right, and they get the levels right, and they get a picture that we can use. And then we get it in the office, and various people edit it with software that we bought with money that you gave, and we edit it, and we get it into a, into a format that we can use. We've got a guy who built a website for us, and we've, we've worked on that bit by bit, brick by brick, over months and months and years. All that time, we've been praising, we've been praying, we've been resting in the Lord with the promises of God in our minds. Again and again, we say in our church, God has called us to the nations. We're going to help the nations, Jersey and the nations. We're going to shine out. We've been praising. Every time we've prayed, every time we've sung worship songs, God is doing battle. And then we, we got the stories project idea where we're going we're gonna to put the gospel in stories form and we're just going to tell stories for people who may not understand English and may not understand the way that we normally do church. And so we did the stories and Karina spent countless hours going through the text on the screen and editing it so that the English words were correct so that when the guys in India looked it up, it would be in the correct words in their language. And all this preparation and time is going on. We're enjoying God's presence. We're enjoying each other. Some people come in and leave and we think, oh, we're just another church. No, no. There's something going on. We're, we're surrounding the city six times. <laughs> and God is working. And then we end up going there to India using the money that you guys have given and the prayers that you guys have prayed, and with the support of this church, and with the power of a church behind us. And we find that there's this man there called Madhu. He's a retired army officer. He's 37 years old. He's been in the Air Force of India for 20 years. He's an outstanding man. He speaks English well. He's well-educated. He's traveled around the world, but he's a committed Christian. And he came to the, to the school, to the orphanage, Two months ago, a month before we arrived, he came. Coincidence? No, not a coincidence. God brought him. Why? Because we were just doing what Joshua did. Sometimes unknowingly. We didn't even realize we were doing what Joshua did. But we were going through the steps. We were keeping the promises. We were preparing. We were obeying. We were praising. 
We were giving, we were working as a family, we were obeying the way God told us to do. And when you do things God's way, you get God's results. Amen? So we get there, and it's amazing. It's like God has prepared the way for us. You know, there's 90% of the people in this area, Andhra Pradesh, are Hindus. There's just idol worship everywhere, everywhere you go. You walk down the streets, and everybody's front door, they draw little idol things on the pavement. So you're walking through idol worship every single place you go, and there's idols set up everywhere. They have no clue of the reality of Christianity. There's a few churches around, but the guy said to me, we've never heard Christianity the way that we're reading it and seeing it in these stories projects that you're telling us. We get there, and God has prepared India so that just about everybody has a mobile phone with internet access. Even if they don't own shoes, they own a mobile phone with internet access. Everybody can look at our stuff, and they're looking at it, and it's stories in their language, and they're crying. I showed some of the guys there, and some of the men, the grown men, they were sitting there hour after hour watching our videos that we've painstakingly produced, and they're crying, and they're saying, I've never heard God presented like this before. And then we have a church service, 70 people rock up, because of Phil and his team's work in the orphanage over the last 28 years, there's a reputation, there's a base built in this place, there's a building and a venue for a church. 70 people come to the first service, there was no church there before. This is an unreached place. I preach the most simple gospel message and people are touched to the heart. They give their lives to the Lord. Many were healed of all sorts of diseases. Uh, God worked powerfully, and this guy Madhu, this new guy who's going to be leading the church, is there with me, learning how to pray for people, for healing and all this kind of stuff. And in one day, a church was birthed. Amen. I mean, how amazing is that? It's incredible. And it's because of you guys. It's because of us together. We've done it. You know, I'm under no illusions. I'm, I'm not um, in any way confused. I know that I'm not the most dynamic or amazing person. I really know that. Believe me. I'm completely aware of the fact. It's certainly not me, and it's not really our worldly abilities. But it's God has done something miraculous. Can I just show you that when we go through the steps that Joshua went through, you get outstanding results. You're able to take cities that are fortified and shut up with thick walls that we could never take on our own. Amen? But we've got to go through the steps. We've got to get a promise from God. We've got to go through the preparation. We've got to get our perspectives right. We've got to perceive in the Spirit. We've got to praise Him no matter what's going on. We've got to keep obeying and going through all the particulars and have perseverance. And then at the right time, we act and we shout and we attack and we take. And then God gives us the next thing to do. And I want to tell you, this is just the beginning. Because nothing's impossible with Him. Amen? So we're going to, we're going to have some communion today. And as we take communion, what we're doing is we're saying, God, it's all you. It's not us. You've done it, Lord. You've done amazing things. And we 
receive it. We're grateful. But can I ask you also just to look inside your heart and say, am I going through those processes as I should? Am I, am I praying correctly? Am I following God's instructions? Am I putting my heart in the right place? Am I doing what God's called me to do so that I can take and possess whatever God has given us to take? Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.